Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, Peachy Patra. Today, we have one of my favorite people in the industry. Her name is Kate Vanderloot. You might know her online as makeshift.mama on IG. Kate, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, that was such a nice little intro. One of my favorite people in the space. You are one of my favorite people in the space. <laughs> the mutual um, love. Yeah, mutual love for sure. Um, yeah, so I am makeshift mama on Instagram, makeshift.mama. And that has kind of been how I feel like I've fallen into motherhood. I was married for a few years. We started a family, we had kids. Um, about six years into our marriage, I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old, um, realized I was living in a pretty toxic situation, uh, made the moves and took the steps to get out of that situation. Um, lived with my mom for a short stint of six months or so right after separating and then moved out on my own. Um, so I've been a single mom to two little boys since they were one and three, they are now five and seven. Um, and I've just been navigating the online space, parenting space, co-parenting space, now dating again, um, blended family space. Like it's, it's been a journey for sure. Um, but yeah, I, like I'm in a relationship now with a guy who's amazing, who just moved in. So I've, I feel like we're coming for full circle a little bit. Amazing. I personally love your story because it's all like, it becomes optimistic as you go. Um, yeah. And even just what you do with work and stuff like that, how it's kind of shaped and evolved with you as you've grown and developed as a person. Um, do you want to speak a little bit more on that? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I have a background in biomedical science. I went to school for biomed. I have a degree from the University of Waterloo. I worked in the environmental consulting field for a long, for like a decade, for 10 years, right out of university. Um, I got married, went on my mat leaves, had my kids, and just was finding myself in that industry as like one of the only women, first of all, which is like not a big deal, but I just felt like it wasn't where I wanted to land forever. It was, it was a stepping stone, but to what I had no idea. Um, and I ended up in that industry, like getting that degree in the first place, because my parents were both teachers. I grew up with teacher parents. Um, and I was always good at science and math. So they were just like, yep, there you go, go do science and math. And so I'm, I'm there every day. I'm like working in this full-time job and I'm like, but like, but what's missing? Like, I miss my creative outlet. I miss, I miss women. I miss talking and connecting and like really having relationships with people. So somehow in this roundabout way, I started a wedding planning company. So I did that for a number of years and was actually really, really successful here in Waterloo region. Loved it, but realized it wasn't a great family. Like it wasn't a great industry to be in. If you have a young family, you're working uh, evenings and weekends. And I was like, my husband and I at the time were like ships in the night. We were just crossing paths. Like he would come home from work. I would leave. Um, and so I took a step back from that was still working at that job. Um, try uh, part-time only though, and trying to just navigate my way through like what else could work for me. Started working for a company online, started working, um, with, an online social media duo for a little bit. Um, and they sort of showed me the ways of 
the world, if you will, I'm air quoting world, the, the ways of the online space and what it's like working for yourself and working online and owning and being a presence online. Mm-hmm. Um, and through all of this, I've, I've now separated, I've left, I've moved out on my own and I'm, I've started to recognize like how crucial it is to be able to, to work in a flexible workspace. Like to, when, as a single mom, like when my kid is sick, when my kid like has something at school or like a play or a school event, or I mean, they're, they're pretty young still, but like kindergarten days when you're supposed to go in or field trips, like my mom always did all that stuff with me because she was a stay-at-home mom for a number of years before she went back to teaching. Um, And I always kind of thought I would be that kind of mom, but then being a single mom, I needed to figure out how to make an income. I needed to figure out how to do all that stuff and be there for them. And so I ended up figuring out ways basically and working for myself, taking myself out of that full-time like nine to five um, rat race and working for myself. And it was all online. Um, so I work for a skincare company. I work, uh, I worked with this online duo. I now work with like a number of people that I do all virtually and the work that I do can be done kind of, I mean, if there's pressing matters, of course, like I'll jump on it if, if I need to, but most people know my situation. They know I'm really good at what I do. They know that if they give me the time and the space to do it, I'm going to get it done and I'm going to execute it really, really well. I've just shown up in a way um, that they trust my work ethic, that it might not get done between the hours that my kids are awake, but it'll be done before they wake up the next morning. So I work a lot in the evenings. Um, I work on weekends when I don't have my kids. Like my work time is pretty wacky, but it totally works with my current lifestyle. And I think that's been super important for me, just like sort of working my life, working my job around my life as opposed to the other way around. That's such a good way to put it as well, just to acknowledge that like one has to revolve around the other and you need to make sure that it's prioritized well. Yeah. For me, it was, it was making sure that at the drop of a hat, I could be there or do anything that I needed to do for my kids because coming from the toxic relationship and that whole experience, like in that time, I I had no idea how he was going to be or what he was going to be like on any given day at any given moment. And if he wasn't going to be like, have the capacity to be with the kids on his time, I had to be able to, Oh, like on a dime, be there and step in, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I obviously, as you know, found myself just as I started telling my story more and more and opening up and uh, like vocalizing part, like enough of it, not the depths of it. If I talk to somebody through IG, like through messages one-on-one, they get to know me like on a deeper level, but for people just looking in, they can understand the sort of the trauma, they can understand um, the level of stress, the le- like all the different things that I've been through without me divulging too much information, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And through that, I've just, I've gained this amazing group of moms, single moms, women who are like just starting their, their journey of separation and divorce. And the community that is 
can be built around that. And just that sense of like, holy smokes. Like I'm, I thought, I thought for sure I was the only person that experienced such a terrible thing. Like how can anybody else go through this? And when you start to really talk about it and really put your heart, like I, I totally wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, uh, people start showing up for you that you just never even expected. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredible the power of an online community. And when I say that, sometimes I almost feel so cheesy. And like, I'll try to explain that. Like, you know, if I go on a date and we're sitting there talking and I say that, and then they kind of give me this look because a lot of people don't get it. And it's hard to understand until you're in it. But, and I think you and I started in a similar place where we worked for other people in the space and they kind of introduced us into it and brought us into it. And then we learned uh, kind of how to hold our own with it and to run with it and shape it to who we are now. Um, And just the development personally and like the character development that comes from that and then the development of an online community and the friendships and bonds that you are able to develop with people in the space um that you wouldn't be aware of if you weren't in it is astounding to me like it i'm so grateful for it on a frequent basis oh my gosh i totally agree yeah it blows me away all the time um because in the beginning like when you were working with someone else, Amanda, everybody knows Amanda. Um, And I was working with these ladies. I thought like I was working for them. I was thinking about them, thinking about how they were coming across. Like I never even thought about myself or that I had anything of value, you know, like you're just, Mm -hmm. you're not even thinking about your own life and your own story. You're just, and I feel like that's probably a lot of people just in their day-to-day life. Like if you don't take a step back and actually look at what you have to offer the world and what you can provide to the world, like you could spend your whole life doing something that maybe it's okay. Like maybe you like it all right, but it could, it could be so much more. It could be so much bigger if you take a minute to like recognize how much you've been through, how much you do have to offer and how different everybody's story is. Like while we can all um, sort of like congregate around a certain topic or like we all have divorce in common, there's there's gonna be things um, that are commonalities between the stories, but everybody's story is so radically different, I find. And it's so fascinating to me when people reach out to me and they're like, oh my gosh, the moment, like the, the line I read when you said such and such just completely hit me, like took me to my knees. Like I remember that feeling and like, and then somebody else will be like, oh my gosh, the photo that you posted with your, with your kids. Like, I remember when my kids were that small and that like took me like all just simple things like that. Um, really, really bring that sense of like, okay, like we got this, like we are not in this alone. I have a whole tribe of people that I've never met (laughs) that would back me up in a heartbeat because they know me through my story and through our, literally our interactions online. I think when you, when you talk about like being on dates, I'm sure when I first started dating Chris, he was like, sorry, pardon, come again. What do you do? Like, I, uh, Still to this day, he'll like if he's introducing me to somebody, he'll be like, "Oh, this is like this is my girlfriend. This is Kate, and we'll ch- chat." And of course, in that conversation, somebody's like, "Oh, so what do you do?" Uh, 
I do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I do what I want to do. <laughs> kind of. Basically. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Me. That's my favorite thing. And it's funny because through that and what you just described exactly is, you know, I'll have people ask me that all the time. And I'm like, well, like I kind of run a business, but and they're like, okay, what do you do? And I'm like, well, it's, it's a lot more complicated than that. There's workshops, there's a podcast. They're like, is there like a, I'm like, there's no specific thing I do. Yeah. Um, and so what I've learned is, especially from trying to figure out ways to answer that, instead of asking people what they do, I try to focus on like, if I just meet someone and they're asking that, instead of asking it in return, I'm usually like, so what are you passionate about? Because a lot of the times, um, I find that people try to determine character based off of what you do. And in our space, especially people really just don't know how to respond uh, yeah. when you answer with what you do. And even for people that are content creators or that prefer to go by influencers, um, I'm sure if you say that someone's going to judge you, but it's not what it seems um, because even technically you and I could be content creators or influencers. Um, yeah. And so it's more just a matter of, how you work with your passions, I think. Yeah, I love that. I love that as a, as a different way to get at the same sort of notion of like what somebody does with their time. Mm -hmm. That doesn't have to be work necessarily, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there was a time that I did a little bit of social media stuff, but I at one point also worked, uh, I had, I think two jobs at the time and I worked in like a food factory and like um, I think the other one was I worked for a photo booth company. And so I would go and wow. go to random events and like set up these photo booths for weddings and proms and stuff like that. But neither are things that I really am proud or passionate about. So it's not right. something that like, if I was, if someone at, at a party was like, what do you, I don't go to parties, but if someone <laughs> at a gathering was like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I work in a factory. Like I would feel kind of bad about myself. And so, um, and it's hard to describe like, what kind of makes up your personality when it's just your occupation. But luckily for us, it's things that we can shape to our personality and to what we like. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, so how, what would you say is your best piece of advice for people that are maybe considering taking that leap or, you know, they've figured out something they're good at and something they want to do, but they just, uh, aren't sure how to balance it with, also being a parent or, um, or just other life tasks and roles? I mean, I would say start small, but, but start. Um, like I just started talking about what, what it was that I was going through. And I mean, I guess what you're saying there, like it could, if you've got like a physical product or you've got something that like, that's a different, that's a different ball game. That's not my ball game. Um, but I, but if it's a, if it's a story thing, if it's a, like creating courses thing, if it's training or, um, like coaching or anything of in that regard, I like, I would just start writing about it. If it's long form writing, start like a blog type space to connect your social media, but just start putting it out there. 
um, research your hashtags, like make sure you're hashtagging appropriately, doing the research before you're, um, before you just do all this work to put out an amazing post and then don't tag it. So, I mean, your following will see it, but like the number of people in that actually follow you that see a post in a day, it's pretty tiny, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is sad. Uh, but if you do, if you do the legwork in the beginning and, um, and start putting out some good content, I think you can get a really, really great response. I also think networking, like if you start following certain hashtags and start connecting with other people that are in the same space, I, I feel like this was a huge thing. Like when, when I was wedding planning, thinking like way back now, um, I, I don't know if this was like when I took the wedding planning course or what, but somebody said, like there's enough weddings out there for all of us. Not, you're not, I'm, I was not this like Swarovski crystal chair covers ballroom type of wedding planner. I was like, we're going to do it at Evergreen Brickworks and it's going to be, you know, like Southwest style buffet and we're going to make all the flowers out of felt. That was one of my favorite weddings actually. Um, <laughs> but like I was, I was a different kind of wedding plan. Like not that they're, they're all different. We're all different. So like, in the online space, your story is your story um, and your talent or your whatever it is, is your thing. And nobody else has your voice. And that sounds redundant and cheesy and ridiculous, but you have something to offer the world. And if it's something that you feel passionate about and you want other people to know, just start putting it out there. Start connecting with other people that are in the space. There's enough people and space there's enough people, there's enough space in the space for like to go around. Um, yeah. I mean, you start by starting, right? Like one step at a time, you don't have to jump in and be like, okay, let me get a website today. I would start with social media, honestly. Yeah. I would honestly say that that's probably your best bet. You did bring up a good point about hashtags. I have, I don't even want to say a fear, but I don't really use hashtags because of the whole concept of shadow banning. Um, how would you say is the best way to go about hashtagging so you're not just randomly pulling things out of your butt? I mean, uh, so uh, like in my space, I search like top, like tops, like single mom, single mom hashtags or single mother or single mama or whatever. And like, I will look at all the hashtags around it and just see like, I try to go smaller. So I'll look for ones that have like between a hundred and like 500,000. And then I look for some that are like 20 to 30,000, um, like hashtags out there in existence, basically. Um, because in, for what I do, like it, it will get, it would just get lost in the mass of things. Um, there, I mean, single mom life, I think there's like, so many millions of tags, like up in those numbers, like it's just going to get lost unless you're a huge influencer. Um, then it'll show up in people's explore pages and stuff. Also. Um, so like, I just, I literally type in like best hashtags for single mother and see what pops up on any given like week between hashtags. And also tag. like I find if I'm doing a post and I'm trying to pull in people, especially if it's like, if you're doing a course, if you're doing anything in person, if you're trying to get people to show up, if it's a 
online, well, I guess online business doesn't specifically matter, but it kind of does. Like if you only want to ship within Canada or, um, if you're a, a local business and you're doing like local pickups or whatever, if you can have, if you can geotag, like when you're tagging the, like the city and stuff, like for me, I would do like Waterloo, Ontario or Kitchener, Ontario or Guelph, Ontario, depending on which area I want to focus in. And that's not going to say, like, that's not to say it's not going to show up for people in other areas, but it will also just show up more for the people that are in those areas. And if they're exploring, if they're in their explore page, et cetera, et cetera, if that makes sense. Yes. And that's a really good point in reaching out and expanding your audience. Yeah. I've even found like, if I'm really trying to promote something specific, if I just like tag Canada, it drop it drops my like numbers in the US, but like that's not super important for me if I'm trying to do something locally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's such a good point. And I sometimes even forget that that ability is there because I like I said, I personally don't use them very often, but I use them for a lot of like so on my personal account I don't really use them, but I use them a lot in two feet apart. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think that's a good reminder, not only for me, but for the listeners as well, that if you are trying to grow that audience and create that, those topics and discussions around those topics, and that's a good way to start doing it. Yeah. Um, so you had mentioned previously um, about blended families and kind of that that's a dynamic that you're working with frequently. Um, how has that experience been for you? Um, it's been a bit of a journey uh, for sure. I, uh, I did a post just the other day and I said like, you never, I never planned. No one ever, like no one gets married or nobody sets out in the world to be like, I can't wait to parent somebody else's kids one day. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, like when Mm -hmm. I grow up, I want to be a stepmom. Like you, it's not a thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and not that I am technically a, a stepmom again with the air quotes right now. Um, I have a hard time with those terms, quite frankly. And I've been fairly vocal without being condescending. Like so I, I find as a mom to two bio kids, like two of my own kids, and then these other two boys, yes, I am now like four, four little boys under the age of seven um, in my world. It, it's radically different parenting, parenting his kids versus mine. Mine are my kids. Mine have been there since day one. I have brought them up through everything, whether my, like whether we were still married and my ex-husband was at work whether we, whether we had separated, whether like when he was in rehab, when we were like on and off and on and off for those years in between, like I am their pillar. I am the thing that's been the constant for them. I have provided that from the beginning. And now Chris's kids have shown up and they're so cool and they're so much fun, but like, I don't know. I know what sort of makes kids in general tick, but every kid is so different. Um, 
And I've not been there from the very beginning. So sometimes I'll pick up the two-year-old and I'll do something and he'll look at me like I've got three heads. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, he's not used to that <laughs> or whatever. Like, and it happens to me all the time. And it's just, it's just a different experience of figuring out his kids versus figuring out mine. Um, but I think I, I think I kind of glossed over this fact, but I have a, not a problem, but I have like a, uh, like an irk with the step mom terminology myself, just because like this person, whether they've been like, so Chris's youngest is two, um, but he only turned two in February. I met him when he was like a year and a half old. So like all things go swimmingly. Like I'm going to be in this kid's life for a long time, you know, like he's not mm-hmm. going to remember a time without me. He was a year and a half old when I entered it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still feel so, I would feel so uncomfortable if he called me mom in any way. And I don't know that, that like, I have no issue with it. I take no issue in, in how it, how other people say that, how other people call their step parents, their mom or their dad or whatever. Um, it just like, I would never, I would never say that Chris is my kid's dad, even though they're still pretty young. And I would never say like, it's just like, they have a dad and they have a good dad and they have a dad that is alive. They have a dad that is present. They have a dad that I think his feelings would be hurt, quite frankly, if all of a sudden they started calling Chris dad. And Mm -hmm. that's probably just me or maybe not just in my own head, in my own thing, being like irked by the fact that um, his new, they're married now. Did I tell you any of this? Oh my goodness. No, <laughs> I did see it on a post. I was going to save it for after podcast chats. <laughs> yeah. So in the last, you don't even have to save it for after, in the last like six weeks, I found out not from my ex-husband, but from a friend that he was getting married again, again. Well, I knew he was getting married again. They got engaged in the winter, but I had no idea when the wedding was. And so I found out from her that it was like very soon. And she was like, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't told you. And I'm like, oh, why, when is it? And she's like, it's in like five weeks. And I was like, oh, weird. So she's like, are you gonna say something? I said, well, I mean, no, like he should, be telling me if this is and maybe he doesn't know like maybe because of covid they're not actually going ahead with it maybe that like who knows she's like no no no. like we got an invitation so i'm like huh so i waited out for like two weeks and then he just straight up lied to me and said we're taking vacation days uh around this time whatever could we have the boys for a couple extra days so i finally had to call him out and be like is there a reason you're like deliberately hiding your wedding from me can't you just say we'd like the kids for a couple extra days for our wedding. Like Mm. this is important information. And his response to me, after I said all this stuff about why, like, I don't need to know that you're getting married as a co-parent. I would like to know that you're getting married and on what date. So I can have the conversations with my kids that they deserve to have. You know what I mean? Like, yes, kids deserve to know that I am still going to be there, that I'm still going to be their mom. They were very confused in the beginning. Like what dad's getting married and I'm going to have a stepmom. What's going to happen to my mom? Like they're still little. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed, to, I wanted to talk to them to make sure that they knew that their dad's love 
for them and my love for them wasn't going to change any. And to try to just like explain like over and over openly and just like when they were in the mood, I'm not like bashing it into their brains, but um, that because to this, well, not to this day, the wedding is over now, but up until like the week of the wedding, they still thought I was marrying their dad, but Ashley was going to be at the at the wedding. <laughs> like, oh no. Oh guys, like we're not, we're not together anymore. And like I said to my ex-husband, like if you're not able to have those conversations with them, which it seems like you're not having because they're so confused. Like my little guy would get teary when I like, when I would say something about like, Oh, well, we're not in love anymore. Like I love Chris now and daddy loves Ashley or whatever. And he would, he would just like get these welled up eyes. And I'm like, well, we still like, we will still, we still love you. Like, it's just such a, there's so many things that like, I just don't, you just have to think so much deeper than like, okay, well, we're apart now and we're with other people now, but the kids still like, I'm still their mom and he's still their dad. Mm -hmm. So to them, they're just, they just need open dialogue. And I had to say to them, like, if I, I just want to tell you that it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. He's very much a parent that is like, oh, this is happening. Isn't this exciting? Mm-hmm. Don't love when people- Yeah, no, leave. you have to give them the neutrality to decide. Yeah, and, and, it's, and I, so I said to them both, like, it's t- so fine with me. They're so protective of me, but I said, it's so good with me. If you guys are excited about the wedding, I'm so excited for you. It's probably going to be really fun. You're probably going to get like lots of junk food. You're probably like, right. Mm-hmm. I just trying to make it exciting. But I said, it's also okay if you feel a little bit weird about it, or if you're confused and you have questions about it, or if you're like, if you're scared, if you're maybe upset, like if any emotions that come up for you around the wedding, I want you to know that it's not, that it's okay, that it's not weird, that you can talk about it if you want to talk about it. And if you don't, that's fine too. Long story short, that was the, I I had said to my ex-husband, like, these are the conversations that we need to have. And his response was, well, they, well, they said they were excited about it when we got engaged. So there was nothing to discuss with you. So here we are. So now they've gotten married. Now they've informed us that there's a a kid on the way. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Well, this, this is like the day after the wedding. So they're going to have a kid in six months. And so my kids are like, yeah, um, we're excited about it. Uh, they're going to have a a brother or sister, but like, again, (laughs) They just, they need to be, they need to be, have someone that is able to have open discussions with them, not tell them how they need to feel. Um, And that has been my role in this whole parenting journey. Like I am just the person that is always here, is always open, is always willing to hear it out. Is it hard when they say like, oh, Ashley did this and this and this, and she's this level in Pokemon and she's doing this and it, and she's pregnant and she's going to like, I, I just kind of smile and nod and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like I am, I am never negative. I, despite everything that's gone on from the beginning until now, I have never said one bad word about her. It's hard, but they also know that because of that, I'm open and I'm okay. 
they talk to me about stuff and I want to make sure that that is, I feel like if I were to ever say anything nasty, they would stop talking about her probably. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not, I, that's not something I want to shut down. I want them to know that like, I am okay. I am fine. Regardless of what's going on. I'm an adult and I'm here for them. I am here for them. So through all of that, that's been a bit of a cluster, Mm -hmm. if you will, just because there's been so many different things going on around that. And, and the moment they got engaged, the boys came home the next day from school and said, daddy and Ashley got engaged and we're going to have a stepmom. And I was like, they pardoned me. Mm, the term. The term, like, oh, it just like stabs me in the gut. And technically and on paper, and I mean, she takes care of them with their dad half the time. Like she's doing the stuff that I do when I'm not there. Like, it's the the term makes sense you know what i mean it's just mm -hmm. the term and when you hear it as their actual mom who grew them and raised them and has got like dragged them across the ashes through the fires or whatever like we've made it out the other side of the really really hard terrible horrible stuff and now we're here and now she gets to swoop swoop in and like play house with my kids like that's the part that really gets me absolutely <laughs> i yeah i it's hard because like we were saying previously like it's hard to picture yourself in that position if you're not in it um but i can only imagine like so in terms of terminology like what would you say would be a better substitute i don't even know and in general like when somebody says like oh these are my stepkids or like Oh, that's my stepmom. Like, it doesn't even bother me. And probably in five years from now, nah, let's be honest, it'll probably still bother me. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it'll bother me less. Um, it's, it's the mom thing. It's like, mm -hmm. you're, you're just, you're just not their mom. And especially when you like, I have those kids 80% of the time and they have like these these like babysitter parents that just like swoop in every other weekend and one weeknight. And it just doesn't feel the Fair. same. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's probably super petty. But if anyone is like in a divorce situation where someone is, where it's not been the greatest relationship, his new wife and I, have never been on good terms. It was always, it was a bit, it was a big fat mess from the, from the beginning. I feel like, I feel like there are just things that have gone down that have soured the whole experience for me. On the other hand, like Chris's ex-wife, we've, we've had like her and I are fine. Him and her have obviously had their own stuff. Uh, but like on a day-to-day -day basis and like most of the time, it's pretty easy. It's pretty even keel. Like they send pictures and videos of the kids back and forth all the time. She messages him. She'll call him and ask him stuff. Like while we have, while we have them, they'll FaceTime call them or like vice versa. Like it's, it's, I don't know. It's just totally different. Whereas like when I have the boys, I don't hear from them at all. And then when they have them, 
like the same thing. Like I don't connect with them, but I mean, they have them for like a couple days at a time. It's not the same amount of time, Mm -hmm. but like they don't even try to contact them when I have them. So it's like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. It's just, it's just Mm -hmm. relationships are so radically different that I've had like polar experiences with my side and then with Chris's side. Chris's ex-wife actually like communicates with me like her their their oldest will be like oh take a video and send it to mommy so I'll pop it in Instagram like send her a message and be like hey Link wanted to show this to you and she's like oh my gosh thank you so much for sending it like we have a rapport and we're we're chill we're not best friends we don't have to be best friends we never really see each other I guess Mm -hmm. ever um but it's it's nice that I can have that with somebody because that's I I wish that is how people could function in these situations, but emotions run high and, and everybody has feelings. And when, when feelings and emotions become involved, it's hard to stay subjective or objective. Objective is the word I'm looking for. Subjective is easy to be subjective. Um, it's hard to be objective with that one person when you're just like, Oh my gosh, but, but they did this to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally good with her, with my kids. My kids really, really like her. My kids have a great time when they're there. I know they are fine. Um, My ex-husband is sober as far as I know. And he's just like, everything there is good. I just don't really have the desire to interact with them (laughs) the same way. Yeah, that's fair. And I think what I really respect about your approach is that not only do kids need the physical structure, but you also recognize and actively implement the fact that they need emotional structure as well. And I think that's almost more important um, when it comes to as they get older and they're, I always think like, you know, when I have kids, like what are things they're going to talk about to their therapist? And uh, (laughs) I'm always paranoid. I'm like, okay, so when I have kids, I just have to make sure that I work on this for myself so that they're not bringing it up in therapy. And so I think it's really awesome that you're having those open conversations and that you're also focusing on just the prioritizing, like recognizing that you don't have to be best friends with your partner's ex or your ex's partner um, and just kind of making it work in a way that can benefit the kids and putting that role of yourself and your relationship with them aside. So I really respect that. Yeah, that's, thank you. It's, it is not easy, but if you can like just fixate on what he's done, this and this and this and this and this to me, but what is going to be best for those kids and take all of the other crap out of it. Like it's not easy. It's very, very hard to remove, to remove the other crap. But if the kids are okay, like as an adult, I can vent, I can figure it out. I can go to therapy. I can talk to other people. I can, you know, I have my community where I can like do the complaining and have pitch a fit and just yell and scream for a minute and get it out of my system and just carry on with my life because the kids, the kids are okay. Mm -hmm. So important. And then So another thing I wanted to touch on, and I guess this kind of is a good leeway into it, but dating again, once you're in those relationships. And I find that 
obviously that's going to look very different for different people based on their experience and their relationships. And not that our, like mine and your previous partners were similar or our situations were similar, like you had said, um, but there's commonalities there. And personally, I find my biggest struggle, a lot of people are like, oh, like, are you sure you want to be alone right now? I'm like, I absolutely love being alone. I have grown very comfortable with it um, and all of that. And honestly, my biggest fears from leaving that marriage and dating again are more just in the dating again and building that um, building that relationship and that intimacy with a new person after a toxic and negative relationship. What would you say that your advice is for people in that situation or people that are just trying to think of how they can begin to move forward? Yeah. Um, I, we had a very messy, like mixed up separation because we separated due to an addiction and there was rehab involved and he was getting better and he was falling off the wagon. He was up and down and high and low. Like I was there through all of that. Um, we were gonna, we were trying to make it work and, and he was gonna, you know, air quotes, fix himself so that we could be a family again. So I, I really prolonged my own, uh, like healing. Actually, I, while I'm talking, I posted, um, uh, Stephanie Bennett or something. Uh, I'm obsessed with her. She posts the best quotes on Instagram. Stephanie Bennett Henry is her handle. Um, but this morning I posted one that she had, um, she put up in the last few days. And the quote says, more than anything, I hope you learn to put yourself first. Stop making yourself small and don't hesitate to leave whatever no longer serves your peace. I hope you walk away from anything and everything that hurts you the first time every time because you're worth it. I hope this reaches you in time. And oh my gosh, like the first time, every time, like I wouldn't have kids mm -hmm. if I left the first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So for yeah. like, I read that and I think like, well, I'm an idiot and have to remove that sort of line of thinking because in my world, something that my mom says all the time is everything happens for a reason. My dad left my mom when she was, when she, we, I was in university. Like it was, it was so out of the blue for us, like mm -hmm. four kids, like whatever. Um, just so unexpected. Um, so my mom was like, everything happens for a reason. Like not at the time she was a basket case, obviously. <laughs> but I was going to say, oh, no, not at the time. That was rough. That was very rough. But looking back at it, she's like, I know that like you four beautiful babies is exactly what I needed from him. And he showed me so much and he taught me what I actually want in this life and what's important to me. Da, 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 da. So at the time I was like, you are talking out of your butt mouth. Like mm -hmm. I don't know what you're saying. And now I look back and I'm like, that's exactly what he, like what my ex did for me. Like I needed these boys. These boys were, were my like life stability through everything. Like, I don't know how that our divorce separation, whatever would have gone otherwise, because we wouldn't have been like custody there. Like that wouldn't have even been a thing if we had have done it before. But I know that I was meant to have these babies and I know that it's taught me so much. And it's also led me to this place where I am with like my work and my people and, and sort of the communities that I've been able to build. 
to build. So that quote though, moving, like moving out of a space where you've been in a toxic, traumatic, um, relationship situation, what have you, you've now gotten out of it. You've started your line, like your journey of healing for me, like those triggers and those signs that I would have just brushed under the rug with my first partner were all of a sudden like glaring red flags for me. I was no longer, I was no longer in a place where I was just going to let stuff go. Um, and so for like that, not set me back obviously, but that just like pushed things out longer and longer because I was not willing to settle. Like when, when you've been in a place where you, where you, you know that you settled and you know that you put up with crap for a long time, like you're not about to settle again. <laughs> like you're not going to go mm-hmm. through that again, right? You, you have a totally different outlook on like what's really important in a partner. And for me, co- like communication is my biggest thing. Communication and trust, like coming from an addiction, um, a relationship with, with an addict and not being able to trust anything that he said to me. Um, it's such a weird thing for me now to just like, it it took me months, months and months and months to remember that like Chris now, like he is not him. Mm -hmm. And I think same, same with him, him, his ex-wife, I won't divulge their story, but like he has huge trust issues. Um, so this morning he said to me, (laughs) he came downstairs. He's like, man, I was mad at you when I woke up. I said like, why? He's like, I had a dream. That's always the dream. (laughs) I had a dream and you were doing stuff and the boys were like, what was she doing? And he was like, nothing, nothing, nothing. (laughs) Like, obviously it was something, but he's like, nothing, nothing, but like stuff that was not okay. And I looked at him and I was just like, come on. And he's like, no, I know. I know you're not her. (laughs) But like, we have these moments where I'm like, I just, I'll smell whiskey because he'll have a glass of whiskey by the couch. And the smell of whiskey just takes me for a minute. And he'll be like, sorry, I'll move it away. And I'm like, it's okay. I like, I have to move through this stuff even still, like Mm -hmm. even still four years post-separation, things will trigger me and set me off. Um, the dating space itself was weird. I had a lot of like one hit wonders, if you will, where I was like, yeah, okay, this is fun. Thanks for dinner. Yeah, <laughs> bye. I'm never going to see you again. Like, yeah, like the cordial, like peck on the cheek, like have a great life. Um, Walking them while you're still at dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Join me never to do this ever again. But if you, do, I mean, if you don't get back on the horse at some point, like I love being alone, even still to this day with Chris, like he's just moved in. Um, he's like, all his stuff is here. And I, I'll still be like, okay, I gotta, I gotta be away from you people for a bit. And, and I, I thrive on being alone. I get so much done when I'm alone. I'm an extroverted introvert. Like I can turn it on when I have to, but I really like being alone. (laughs) Um, so having somebody else, like I just, you just never, once you get good at being alone, like it's hard, everything, 
everything is wrong that he does here. Like, is that how you're going to stack those pots? (laughs) Oh, you're really going to fold the laundry like that? Exactly. He's like, that's, that's wrong. That is it. And I'm like, uh, it's not wrong. It's definitely not wrong. It's just not how I would do it. I'm sure some people do it that way. Like a lot of that stuff where it's like, we just have to figure out how the other person ticks. And like, obviously that's like down the line once you're in like a committed long-term like relationship where he's like now living here. But in the beginning, it was literally just like little bits here and there where we'd go on a date and we were able to have probably for the first time in my life with a guy that, well, I had a couple guy friends through university that knew enough, but like he knows, Chris knows more about me than probably everyone but my mom at this point. And I've never had that with a dude before. Like Mm -hmm. I was married for however many years. I mean, our divorce was just final in May. Mm -hmm. May, I think. Yeah. They got engaged before our divorce was final. That's hilarious to me. Um, So 10 years, we got married in 2010. We were almost technically on paper married for 10 years. Um, And he knew a fraction just because the communication wasn't there and that connection wasn't there. And that like intimacy and feeling so comfortable and connected and content is a word that I have used probably since my separation. Um, When people were like, oh, well, like, do you want it? Like, get married again. I still couldn't tell you if I want to get married again, but like, are you looking for another relationship? And in the beginning I was like, hard, no, hard, no, I'm not looking for anything. Mm -hmm. But if I were, if somebody was like, well, what would you be looking for in an, in a partner or like in life? Like what, what do you want in life? And coming out of what I went through, I would, I always just said like, I just want to be content. Mm -hmm. I just want to, I like the ride of emotions and the adrenaline that like kept me going for so many years. I still have moments where I'm trying to say something or I'm trying to like spit out a sentence. And I, I've been in this fight, like fight or flight mode for, for so many years where it's just like the moment I get a message from him, my, like my heart goes into my throat because like, like still, still. Mm -hmm. And that drives me crazy about myself. Like, why does he still have this power over me? But he does. Um, I just, I don't want that. I just Mm want to come home to my family, to my people. I want to walk into my house and feel calm. I want to sit down with my partner at the end of a day and like snuggle on the couch and feel content. I want to if I need to go and do a bunch of work, I don't want there to be resentment between the two of us. Like Chris and I have had to navigate through all that stuff because COVID hit and then he was all of a sudden like basically living here and I would have to like leave or not like leave the house, but like leave and come upstairs and hide in my bathroom for however many hours and like work on the bathroom floor to try to hide from all these kids that were running around. <laughs> and I'd come downstairs and feel so bad that I just left him with two or four children for 
two hours or whatever. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And my like now my head's just in other places. And like, this is stressing me out. And as a mom who had an ex-husband that would come home and not like give any wherewithal to what I'd been doing all day long, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I I'll, I'll I say that to him all the time. Like I feel so bad. Like you've you made them literally every meal today. Like I I'm so and he's like, Kate, it's okay. Like we I know you have to do that. Like that's what you got to do. And I'm here to support you. And you do the same thing for me. And like it's a, it's all good. Like we're fine. We'll figure it out. And it's it's having those conversations because I don't know that five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, like when I got married initially, I would have been able to have those conversations with somebody and be that transparent and, and like open and even like apologize for leaving. I would have been like, well, serves you right. You deserve to like have the kids for however long, but we're just so, I guess, grateful and appreciative of each other because our previous relationships were so opposite of what we have now Mm -hmm. (laughs) but everything just seems easy even though it's not easy it it feels easy if that makes sense like there's so many different components like moving parts and things that shit hits the fan 15 times a week because we're co-parenting with different people and like it's friggin' COVID and like now like going back to school and like, we're just fighting fires and putting stuff out. Oh, my ex-husband's like trying to like come after me for custody. Anyway, it's a shit show. It's always a shit show. And yet him and I are just always like fairly even keel. Like we're just, oh, this is a little bit stressful, but it'll be okay. And oh gosh, now we're off on this, this, like tangent now we got to deal with his ex and we're back to normal like we just have this level like this even level that we're always like we always manage to get back to and I really appreciate that even level (laughs) absolutely and that's something that like even I've recognized like I said I'm not really in a consistent relationship right now I'm more just stating but even then you really recognize to appreciate the importance of like communication and appreciate the simplicity of how dynamics are supposed to be. Like I remember one time and I, I feel like it was probably my therapist that said this, but I'm trying to remember. Um, but someone said, and I think it was more around the conversation of depression, but like once you come out of it for a bit, like I remember there were some periods even before my relationship, um, that I had some really low dark times. And I remember when I came out of it, I was like, Oh my God, I forgot how it felt to be like genuinely happy. I'm like, people are supposed to feel like this. Like everyone feels like this when they don't have this, like that's crazy. And even just translating that into the terms of dynamics of relationships, um, that it, it doesn't have to be hard. Like sometimes it's a lot easier than you think. And just having that neutrality, people always think, oh, it has to be so exciting or whatever. Um, Or, you know, there's always those like fireworks that come with the initial like little bits of conflict, like, ooh, that makeup sex and whatever. But there's something beautiful in that neutrality and that space there. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, the, especially when, when you're coming out of a, toxic relationship or like traumatic situation or like a a terrible a terrible thing the like the drama 
that keeps you going. Like there's that like not not drama seeker, I don't want to say, but like you're well, you you are kind of like you're almost unintentionally seeking or like waiting for that drama to feel mm-hmm. the real like intense, like it's oh gosh, yes. like I can't live without you, that like intensity of like, but like I don't freaking want that anymore. No. Like I love him to bits, but I love him and I choose to be with him. I don't need to be with him. Amen. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the most important component of a healthy relationship. The fact that you both recognize that it's a choice and that every day you're just actively choosing each other and that's it. Like it's really that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be that simple. Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it still blows my mind. <laughs> um, so what about your story do you think is important for other people to hear? And I know we just spent a bit of time talking about, you know, dating after divorce and blended families and all of this. Um, it doesn't have to be in that. Your story is very dynamic and there's a lot more to you as a person than those big components. So just anything that you think would be important for other people to acknowledge and recognize. Yeah, I think like, I, I feel like when, when somebody asks me this type of question, I think the thing that just always keeps me going through the crappy times is like, even if you can't see it in that moment, like there, there is light at the end of the tunnel. You might not see it today or tomorrow, but like, keep your nose like on the grindstone or whatever they say, keep your, keep facing forward, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, because eventually you'll start to see it peeking out. And then you can, once you know where it is, and once you know what you're headed towards and you can see that light, you can run in that direction. And it really does get easier from there. I, I, like you, like went through some really dark times um, when my ex-husband's first relationship or relationship first started. And I lost like two weeks of my life. I have no concept of what happened back in those days. Like I know my kids were fed and I got them to school and I, you know, I did all the mom things, but that's like, robotic that's like just I just do those things but everything else like I have no idea what happened um but I talked to people and I called my mom a lot and I cried and I talked to the right people and I got the right messages and I listened a lot I would tell my story and then I listened and I listened really really hard um because the message that came through sort of like unanimously overarching the whole thing was that things are happening for you and you just, you just don't know why yet. Um, and I, I try to keep that perspective in life, in everything, like you lose a job, you're, you, I don't know, like things just, happen around you and you feel like your world's collapsing or things are just going wrong and it's one thing after another but if you can 
put your head in the space. Like, I don't know why this is happening and this is shit right now, but it's happening for me. It's happening for me. And something better is coming. Something good is coming out of this. And just keep pointing in that direction because things, things come out of it. Mm-hmm. So good. And yeah, it's important to recognize like it's not happening to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, because people can easily get swallowed in even the slightest problems. The other day, one of my friends texted me and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. What's up? She's like, I just had a feeling that you weren't okay. And then all of a sudden I had like this weird series of unfortunate events. I was like, she jinxed me. What is happening with my life? It's all going to shit, like all this. And then I was like, Patra, it was a whole like compilation of several different things. A couple of them lasted a bit longer than others, but I'm like, it's a compilation of just unfortunate events and it just happened it's not happening to you you're still fine you're yeah. still here like at the time I had made myself like a steak dinner with wine and I was like why am I upset <laughs> and I was like you know it's, it's recognizing like these things are external factors everything ultimately outside of your core being is an external factor and so just recognizing that and I think Sam Harris had this quote that would be so relevant right now. Let me see if I can find it because it was so good. Um, but it was basically like, oh, I don't even want to try and quote it because I know I'll misquote it. Um, I sent it to myself. It was that good. Uh, wow, I send myself a lot. <laughs> I do the right. same thing. So it was from Sam Harris and it was from his account on Instagram for the waking up app, which if you don't use, this isn't even a promo or an ad, but I just really love the app. It's a really good tool for meditation for like all different sorts of people. Anyway, um, the quote is life is an, un 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 oh my God, I can't talk. Life is an unending series of complications. So it doesn't make sense to be surprised by the arrival of the next one. Yes. And I was amen. like, amen. Like, yeah. So good. We get so hung up on every single one and it's like, well, no, this is this is one thing that's leading you to the next thing that's leading you to the next thing. This is not your life's not collapsing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It's happening for you. Exactly. Um so is there anything that you're currently working on or trying to raise awareness for? Not specifically. Um, I've been working with actually a local, local to Kitchener Waterloo grassroots movement called Heartbeat Tate, um, which is bringing awareness, um, and bringing kindness into communities. It was initially started to put into schools as an anti-bullying movement. Um, and we've just sort of all encompassed it by, um, anti-bigotry, anti-racism, anti-bullying. It just... The hashtag for it is be kinder and yeah, heartbeats hate. That it's sort of a play off of that Nelson Man. Is it Nelson Mandela? Now I'm second guessing myself. The quote that like only light can push out darkness and only Oh yes. That's a terrible butchering of a quote, but that's the quote. But I got I got the gist. <laughs> yeah. Heartbeats hate. Um yeah, it's actually really taken off in KW in the last few months. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing specifically to myself. Um, but I'm always, I mean, there's always stuff in the works 
there's always stuff in the works. Absolutely. So who knows? Who knows where your own two feet or makeshift mama will land in the next few months? <laughs> exactly. Things evolve so quickly, especially in this space. Yeah, exactly. That like if if I have an idea, it'll 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 just go. Like the next time I the next time I decide to do something, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. Um so what is the best way for listeners to find or support you? Yeah. So Instagram is kind of my like catch all for stuff. Um, I do have a website called that's your own, your, blah, 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 your own two feet, your own two feet.ca. Um, so you can find me through that too. Um, or makeshift.mama on Instagram. That'll get you everywhere. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing a bit about your story and some of the wisdom that you've grown to have out of it. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you.